everyone. Welcome back to another episode of now what's called the Asia DeFi Network podcast. Today, we're very excited to dive into a topic that has been top of mind for uh, myself and a lot of people in DAOs for quite some time, which is social tokens. And on that topic, we have one of the early adopters and pioneers for social tokens, Bradley from Roll. Hi, Bradley. Hey, Shi, what's going on? How are you? Great, great. It's so good to see you again after some time. And congratulations uh-huh. again on the fundraise announcement that happened in October. Thanks for being a part of it. Awesome. All right. And as usual, we're going to start off with a little bit of a background. I think everybody would love to learn about everybody's crypto's journeys. So how did you get into crypto or Web3? Yeah. So I know everyone's journey is super unique. Um, I think my journey started professionally in 2015. Um, just became a little fascinated with with Bitcoin and um, a few other protocols at that time. And uh, ended up all roads ended up leading to Coindesk. At that time, Coindesk was four people. Uh, it was, um, you know, a head of events, um, you know, um, editor in chief, and uh, you know, a, a few journalists and uh, some head of operations. And so they didn't necessarily have a head of research. And so I pitched myself as a head of research, even though I, I just wanted to learn and get paid for it. And uh, I got the gig. So uh, I was hired by a uh, Ryan Selkis at the time, who now, of course, leads Masari, and um, Pete Rizzo, who um, is now the editor-in-chief at Kraken. And I led the um, State of Blockchain report. So really big fan of Mary Meeker's State of the Internet report and just kind of cloned that name for the blockchain space and was really in charge of, um, you know, putting together these 100-page reports that came out at the end of, you know, uh, you know, every quarter, so every 90 days, things like, you know, um, GitHub commits per blockchain per per quarter, or like mining market share um, per country, uh, all these metrics. And effectively, uh, you know, when Ethereum forked in 2016, I, I had to dive into that as well and started learning about Ethereum then and really never looked back. And now, now I'm just building on Ethereum. Nice. And there were so many things that could be built on Ethereum, right? I think back then, you know, there were all these layer ones getting built and there are so many ICOs being launched on various utility tokens and like real world use cases. And nowadays, of course, it's all about DeFi, NFTs and and now increasingly social tokens and DAOs. How how and why did you decide on role and social tokens as your niche to commit to? Yeah, I think back then I really had this inner thesis that creators were going to take over the internet. They just really didn't have a chance to extend their value like beyond platforms. I was very much like a creator economy person. Like I remember the day that YouTube created the donate button um, on the page and I was like, this is so cool. All of a sudden you can give directly to creators. This is their response to Patreon. Um, And I always felt like those things would never be enough. Like what's going to give creators like literally superpowers, you know, streaming's cool. Like all these things are cool, but what's going to give them like real economic superpowers. And um, once I found out about Ethereum in 2016, just diving into it more, I was like, Oh my God, this technology can create this end state for digital communities where they actually have a monetary system that's completely independent of platforms and it's literally something like platforms can't offer that they have no reason to offer that it's not in the dna of of what they do and so it became very clear that all right someone needs to connect the dots between all of these web 2 users and this like new alien like technology um that allows you to create your own digital assets that are interoperable and and all these things and so you know this was like the premise of role right uh so we didn't intend to be like you know we were building right alongside DeFi. things like you know things like uniswap were almost an idea at that time uh things like bancor were around so we knew we didn't want to build something that was so um you know web3 native and specific like a DeFi protocol we wanted to build something that could like cross this chasm potentially um which is where we are now and yeah that was that was the premise for role 
All right. We've talked about you know, crossing the chasm, right? Superpowers, all that for, for someone who's a bit new might be, might be getting confused. So shall we now uh, just summarize role in one or two sentences? How would you describe it? Yeah. So role quite simply is, um, you know, uh, the vision of role is to really increase the GP, the GDP of the creator economy. We like to say that um, role is, um, you know, a, a financial infrastructure and a set of APIs for social tokens. Uh, so we really allow uh, creators, uh, communities uh, to come to roll uh, and mint, send, receive, buy, and uh, integrate their social tokens into what is now dozens of platforms and will soon be hundreds of platforms. Awesome. Yeah. And I think one analogy you uh, were making quite a bit is that uh, role is to Stripe for social tokens, right? And of course, beyond that as well, because it's not just payment and not just using it as money, but a lot more applications as well. Yeah. You know, Stripe really, um, Stripe really identifies, uh, you know, themselves as sort of like economic infrastructure for the internet. Um, and we kind of think that way for social tokens as well. Of course, they're known for payment processing. Roll may be known for, for minting or for the interface we have. Uh, but realistically, you know, we want to be financial infrastructure for the whole category. So right now we're minting with, you know, hundreds of creators. And, um, you know, we're starting to get outreach from, you know, all the way from, from FANG companies all the way down to seed Series A startups, um, you know, companies that are farther along as well. And so the next step is integrating role into these companies. And we think this is really where the exponential growth and Cambrian explosion of, of social tokens is going to happen. Awesome. Yeah, I want to pick up on what some what you just mentioned, which is, you know, social tokens. Generally, people have been thinking about it as like personal tokens, right? We talked about like, you know, creators and that tends to be individuals. And so that's what people are familiar with, right? Social money is issued by people. Uh, but also it can be applied, like you just mentioned, to companies, brands, platforms, or even kind of like bigger communities, wider communities. We've seen some social tokens being launched by a bankless or Gitcoin, right? So how would you you know, think through these different levels or different categories, right? How would social tokens or social money uh, and the coordination of it work differently for each of these levels? And can you walk us through some examples as well, perhaps some upcoming ones on Roll? <laughs> yeah, so I'd love to. Yeah, so we're around 350 creators in and um, we're, we're super excited for, for what's next. I would say there's no clear delineation, like there's no dictionary level definition. Um, the term has just been very fluid. So role was so early that uh, the term social token didn't even exist. Uh, we kind of had to make up terminology and really push things forward, show that this is monetizable. You know, luckily uh, we were right on time and we were able to build, you know, on top of Uniswap and create our own front end and, you know, have that be for creators. And, and there's so much going on there. Um, but generally, yeah, you could define a social token really as this new, way to you know represent communities so you know it's this this uh this 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 fungible token uh that's specific to a community and can create this you know deeper sense of belonging and um you know liquidity and and, and really create this new sense of ownership and so um yeah this is pretty unique to web3 and 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 uh unique to community so you know if we have a, a she token and you, know, you have a she community it, it's very different than um, you know, everyone in that community owning, you know, ETH or Uni or Aave, uh, we all identify and have a sense of belonging around that community. Um, because it's called she, you know, you may call it a personal token, but um, someone, you know, at Misari or someone at Coindesk may, may call it a social token. And you would both be right. Um, the premise of these things is to build community. Um, but really, this is the premise of all tokens we're seeing. Um, we just are starting to see it beyond the protocol level. Um, and so this is, you know, the way creators are doing it. And um, it's awesome because, you know, we'll always probably see DeFi protocols in the hundreds or thousands, but you'll start to see these tokens in the millions very soon. Nice, nice. So your take is that uh, tokens issued by individuals versus like if they were, you know, bigger brands, bigger companies, like essentially the economics 
would be pre or the mechanisms would pretty much be the same. You expect the uh, the way it works to to be the same, like the reasons you would issue and how they would capture value and create a community around it. You wouldn't uh, draw a big distinction. I mean, the utility is really up to the creator, right? So someone mm -hmm. like Whale Shark on Roll uh, has basically innovated the concept of having a vault. You know, we now know that is almost like a, a generalized concept. You see a lot of people. Um, you know, starting to call them collector DAOs or just just vaults that hold uh, NFTs. And so Whaleshark kind of originated that as a massive collector, um, pretty much becoming, you know, the Mr. Beast of the, the social token category with, with just the, the, the largest market there. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so, you know, they have a gated community, which has now become really popular. That's, that's an idea re we really pushed in 2020 that we wanted folks to get excited about and now we're there everyone's excited about it um and so the idea of locking up you know or, or or holding a certain amount of tokens to gain access is now kind of you know commonplace and a feature there mm -hmm. um but if we were to mint with like chipotle there'd probably be a bit of a different model there's some fun stuff there you can do with card issuers uh there's obviously the you know transaction element of you know uh how can i get these these tokens back as a reward or how can i spend them on you know, food or, or anything else. And so that may be very different than, you know, what a creator's doing. Um, but the goal is the same, really. It's to just, you know, evangelize community and get them to the point where they could achieve ownership. Right, right. So it's actually more differentiated by perhaps uh, what kind of products or services or platforms that uh, the brands or creators are on, right? If it's a media versus like a, a food outlet uh, versus like a merchandise kind of uh, platform, right? Right, right. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. And Sorry, go on. Oh, yeah. And and some of the exciting stuff is like a lot of people don't uh, understand how early we are. Like I could tell you, you know, two or three platforms that, that are going to exist and, and why they're going to exist. And it'll completely change the utility of, of what's going on. So, um, you know, uh, there's millions of people online every day that create polls, for instance. And so the idea of like a token gated poll you know, where you can vote in someone else's token, but it's like very fun. It's not on snapshot. It's, you know, hey, what color should my hair be today on this for this YouTube video or things like that? Like that'll completely change the utility. Um, you'll start entering situations where the supply side of the experience and community isn't determined by one creator. So that's not to say that like we're in the she discord and I need a hundred she to, you know, get in. You'll start seeing platforms where I could just, you know, self-expression itself is a digital asset. And I could literally, you know, create a post. And in order to see my post, let's say I'm a I'm a I'm a cool influencer on this new platform. In order to see my post, you'll literally need to hold a hundred G. Mm -hmm. And so what that'll mean is like the long-term utility and like the supply side of experiences is completely independent from you the creator um and so as you start to see platforms like this emerge it'll be a lot easier for very very mainstream people uh to start issuing tokens so this is mm -hmm. like you'd enter things like rihanna having a token and others because it's a lot less dependent on the things that they do on the supply side and like their fan base can just go wild like who wouldn't want to create content that was gated in rihanna's token you know, and say, like, who's the biggest nano Rihanna coin? Let's call it Navy. That's what she calls her fans. So, like, who's the biggest, you know, Navy micro influencer who can hmm. generate or evangelize the Navy fan base the best? And so those are very fun economic games that, like, haven't come out yet because people haven't built those types of platforms. Um, roles really taking the position of being the infrastructure there. So, like, we're not going to go out and build a, a TikTok, Twitter, or uh or, or like a TikTok crypto or a twitter crypto competitor like uh we're just going to help uh folks achieve those things at scale mm -hmm. yeah and speaking about bringing in more mainstream people i think there, there's always been this idea of like uh hard innovation right and and people tend to relate to things that they're familiar with so one analogy i've been hearing people talk about is uh, oh yeah, these are like loyalty points. Like sure, companies have loyalty points. You know, creators can issue their own loyalty points. 
Uh, but in Web3, we know that it's so much more, right? Once it's tokenized, you can then have, the, like you said, uh, the community can run it by itself, right? Have your own utilities, have make it transferable, uh, create your own like interactions with the token, right? Which let's let's talk a bit about, you know, how uh, tokenized social tokens or social money is different from the Web2 loyalty points on whatever servers. Yeah, like at, 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 um, so the first thing there is just the economics, right? So like, you know, um, American Airlines can have literally an infinite amount of loyalty points. They can mint them whenever they want. Uh, they can adjust them. Someone can, you know, create some scheme and, and um, you know, they could just say, oh, you know, let's, let's issue a billion more. Um, and so that has a time and place, you know, if, if you don't want anything to, um, you know, extend beyond a certain value, um, that, that's, that, that's sort of a, a, a good way to do it. Um, also, American Airlines points uh, are within the American Airlines ecosystem, um, so it's it's uh, th there's some you know um, uh, applications kind of like an exchange where you like exchange loyalty points, um, but it's still within that system. Which is to say that like if American Airlines wanted to shut it down, um, they they easily could. Um, so obviously, when you enter Web three, this is a fascination. This is like a if you want to get into like what some other platforms are doing and things like that is like another differentiation. So if like you're minting on layer one and you haven't like, you know, kind of concepted a side chain or, or, or something like this, um, regardless of what happens to roll tokens issued through roll, uh, will still exist. Uh, you know, and so that's, that's, that's very exciting for creators. They can truly own their economy. And, um, also the economic parameters are, are right there on the blockchain. You can look it up. And so Roll kind of um, initiated and introduced this like 10 million standard uh, for tokens that you're seeing a lot of a lot of creators have, which is really great. And so, you know, there's there's very clear mental math on like, OK, you know, uh, this person has 10 million tokens and, um, you know, this is how we're going to use them, et cetera. Um, so that idea of like, you know, the value being platform independent and, um, you know, also just the, the idea that um, they could represent value outside the platform is kind of uh, one of the big differentiators. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, so what I hear from you is like the, the verifiability that the, <clears throat> that the token supply is exactly what's stated on the blockchain. <clears throat> and then also that uh, you can then use that for various purposes between different communities as well, right? I can, I can do like swaps, interactions, and you can also integrate with all the DeFi protocols, right? Be it like exchanging it, lending it out, um, I don't know, bundling it together in an index. Uh, there are so many things that you can do once it's actually tokenized and not kind of within the confines of like a specific company or a specific creator. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the most beautiful things, right? Like Roll doesn't need to create uh, a DEX. Like Uniswap mm -hmm. works really well. Um, we don't need to create another blockchain, you know, um, Ethereum works, works really well. So we're able to utilize all these things and really grow a new creator economy. So like DeFi is creating a new creator economy. And so that that's exciting. We don't know what it's going to be called yet. People just call it the new creator economy, but, um, it's exciting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so when we talk about these, like composability or, or defined interactions. So I think one of the, the things that people think about the most so when you talk about Uniswap is that like, okay, now I can trade these social tokens. And, and that kind of brings on a different dimension because uh, originally it's just about transferability, right? It allows you to like give it to me very easily. Now I want to sell it. And so where is this gonna liquidity going to come from? How important is it to incentivize liquidity? We see this as pretty difficult issue to tackle for DeFi protocols, right? And for social tokens, how will they be managed? Yeah, um, so it, that's really interesting. Things that um, folks have learned on the, the DeFi level, uh, on, on the DeFi protocol level, they're learning at like the DeFi creator level as well. Um, so, you know, uh, there's 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 creators on roll that have, I just checked, the highest is, is you know, nine and a half million dollars of liquidity. Um, so that's more liquidity than I think most protocols have on um, on 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 Uniswap, which is which is fascinating. Mm. Um, but the method is very similar. So a lot of them are um, doing staking in some aspect. Um, so they're saying, "Hey, um, I love she. I'm a part of the she community. Um, I want to, you know, increase liquidity here." And so you, as the creator of she, you'll say, "Hey." 
you contribute your she and ETH in this pool, I'm going to give you more she. I'm going to allot, uh, you know, a pool of she uh, that I'll distribute to all she ETH um, contributors at the end of the month. And we're seeing that that's really enough to build, you know, five, six, seven, eight figure, um, you know, liquidity. And so, yeah, that's the beginning. And as you were as you were saying, it's really important that this liquidity isn't owned by Roll or Coinbase or Binance or really any company. It's really beautiful to see that being open source liquidity owned by the community. Because that means at any time, for whatever reason, anyone in the community can enter or exit, uh, regardless of where they are, or, um, or or sort of any other blockage that that would have happened in a centralized platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, community-owned and provided liquidity is uh, a rather beautiful thing. At the same time, uh, I think in, in DeFi as well, people experience some sort of. Uh, challenges right with say liquidity mining programs because you get a lot of like mercenary capital who are there to farm the yield and then they'll just sell the tokens and move on to the next farm with higher yield <laughs> uh, and then so there are new mechanisms coming up right things like bonding uh with the help of uh, like olympus pro for example which helps you like control your own liquidity uh, and in that case well i guess then you'll be controlled by still by the community through some sort of voting perhaps or initially by the creator uh, but it's interesting to note that then it's kind of like creators need to know DeFi in order to to do well in the social token space, right? It's not they can't just focus on their own craft. Would you say so? Well, I think that's where a role comes in, right? So, like, I think a good analogy here is like Squarespace. So, yes, you could you know spin up a website in in any number of ways, um, or you could use something like Squarespace and just kind of spin up a website really easily, something with Shopify in the US and, and online stores. Um, so with Roll, you know, you're really able to spin up or, or roll your, you know, your own token fairly, fairly easily, um, having like a set supply and, and, and all these things. And so, you know, we're starting to integrate some DeFi tools as well. So you may see staking on Roll soon, you may see um, a, a whole, you know, host of features that allow uh, creators to, you know, automate liquidity very easily um i think when it comes to DeFi, um like the creator economy will learn from protocols um mm-hmm. i don't think it'll be the other way around because there's mm-hmm. there will always be more uh value locked uh, at the the protocol level than, than at the creator level um you'll definitely see more utility like we may teach DeFi protocols some things about utility that could be cool but Will always be more um, you know, value locked at, at the protocol level for sure. So, just learning what happens there. So, we'll, we'll probably enter like the V1 DeFi creator very soon, which is just like, you know, staking and rewards. And we'll probably have those same problems that, that you're seeing with mercenary capital. And then we'll eventually move on to maybe Olympus style stuff and some of the other things we're seeing. Nice, nice. Yeah. So because, uh, I mean, you have the crypto native crowds and yourself as well. So then we can then templatize some of the best practices and just offer it as like a, like a one click or a module kind of thing for creators to just enable very easily on the platform. Absolutely. Nice, nice. Yeah, I wanted to go a bit into the the technical level as well, uh, because nowadays I think we're seeing a lot more possibilities. So not just from a DeFi side, but also from the NFT side of things, right? I think it, it this year has really shown the level of growth that is approaching mainstream adoption and mainstream awareness, at least for NFTs. And a lot of it comes from these like profile picture NFTs, right? Or like artists who are creating. So in a way, that's also the, the creator economy, right? They are selling their their work or their products directly uh, via NFTs. And so I want to dive into on a technical level, right? How do you, how would you think about the differentiation between like the social token that they're minting versus like the work uh, or the product itself, which can be an NFT. And then we're starting to also see some things in DAOs, for example, where like we talk about reputation, right? Um, social credit, and they, those may or may not be transferable as well. So you, you kind of have an, a new type of token that's maybe still ERC-20, non-transferable, or, or kind of like 
uh, fungible but non-transferable tokens, uh, NTFs is a bit of a radical concept. So like, now we have a whole kind of like suite of different types of assets, uh, different token standards to use, right? Uh, would Role provide all of these? How do you think about these different types of assets? Yeah, so I think how we think about that is we have like an internal mental model that we use, mm. um, whether like, hey, should this be an NFT or should this be a social token? And um, it's really helpful because people pitch us and they're like, hey, I want to do this. And we're like, oh, you know, then maybe better here. And so I think if you step back, like a whole summary of like everything in Web2, you can call like user generated content, whether it's like likes or posts or anything like that. And you can see there's user-generated content platforms and there's categories, et cetera. Um, and they all have a commonality, right? They all have a centralized backend and this is, you know, creators make content. Um, I think with Web3 and a blockchain backend, the difference is creators can now make their own capital. So it's, it's a new mental model when you think about Web3 and creators uh, from user-generated content to what we call internally user-generated capital. And we call it that because, you know, you're creating assets, you're creating digital assets, whether they're NFTs or social tokens or whatever. Um, and I think what we know so far, like that concept of user generated capital, it, it can bifurcate into like two categories. So category one would be um, content as capital. Um, and then category two would be like community as capital. And so content as capital has like, you know, kind of really exploded first, I think as it should, um, and uh, taken on the form of NFTs. So uh, anything you see in Web2 as content um, on a successful Web3 platform at its height will become an NFT. That's how we think about it. So a TikTok video, a YouTube video, a song, um, you know, any piece of content. And like content, um, there will, there will, um, eventually be a, a small, you know, like a, a small amount of winners, but but it'll exist everywhere, right? So like many people will be creating content and that's what we're seeing right now. Many people are creating uh, NFTs uh, across platforms, which which is great, uh, that, that's healthy for the space. Um, when it comes to community as capital, um, that's a little harder to do it. There's a reason there's like five, in it, uh, you know, social token platforms versus like, you know, 600 uh, NFT platforms. It's it's fairly hard to do and think about and think through the model. Uh, it's more exciting for us, but this concept of like community is capital, uh, you know, very much related to, um, should, should very much be fungible, should very much be interoperable. The more liquid it is, the more successful it can be, um, especially in an open source way, because it can plug into anything, right? It can plug into a video game or, exchange or a lending platform or sort of any of these things so um that concept of user generated capital has been really interesting for us um i think when we think about things like reputation and other things we're not quite sure where that exists or like data tokens we've heard of or like yeah. is like it, those those are almost too new to classify uh we would still think about it as like user generated capital though but um yeah we're just thinking about the big stuff now so NFTs and social tokens. Mm, mm, mm. Right. So content uh, or like works and products, you, you would put that up uh, as NFTs, uh, whereas capital, you would uh, put that as a social token or ERC-20. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so, yeah. So, so community capital, you know, social tokens, content capital, you could say, um, definitely NFTs. Yeah, yeah. And, and so to, a bit on the tokenomics for this, right? I think... Uh, the tokenomics for to other tokens like DeFi tokens has evolved greatly over the past few years, right? From the few years ago, it was all about ICOs or all about fundraising, right? I'm, I'm distributing tokens to whoever will pay for it. Uh, and then we quickly realized that's not a very good way to distribute tokens because you get yeah. speculators, you know, they're there to like, yeah, <laughs> wait for the price increase and then sell it. Uh, whereas now, I like increasingly, I think last year, we've had more liquidity mining, right? Or like in incentive mining, you have to use the product, you have to provide liquidity, some useful action before you can get the tokens. And then uh, subsequently, you can use it for like governance, you can use it to get a share of the fees. And then for social tokens, I imagine that would be more templatized almost uh, use cases as well, right? I would imagine along similar 
lines, you would want to then make sure that when you're distributing the tokens, you're creating value, right? Like be it you're, you're buying my, my product, you're buying my book, you're joining my community, right? You're doing some sort of engagement that uh, provides value to the brand or the community in general. And then you would need to then also capture value with some sort of uh, gated access status, or like you said, you know, a premium kind of access to certain content, right? Is there, uh, are you kind of seeing a few archetypes or, or templates for tokenomics spinning up as well for social tokens? Yeah, so we're super early, but it's going to be really fun because there's going to be so much more utility than like, you know, protocols. Um, what's super interesting is, um, you know, there, there are somewhat like Web2 components to roll. So it's uh, the, the wallet structure is such that it's, um, it's very similar to Coinbase. It's just a bit more social. So the roll wallet can, for instance, very easily plug into Twitter and you can connect your Twitter wallet to roll and you can tweet out tokens very soon and do things like this. And this is kind of why we built it this way. Um, but you could also, you know, withdraw those tokens and uh, plug them into any smart contract application. Um, and so I think this is kind of like where we are right now or where we're about to head to. So we're really excited about platforms that have millions and millions of users um, and that are looking into Web3 and social tokens because they're still going to have those users, um, but there's going to be like Web3 components of the platform. Um, so uh, a lot of things that you're thinking about around staking, uh, like as an obvious way to solve um, like liquidity, for instance, it's going to be a really interesting way to engage with users, um, but it's not going to involve liquidity, right? So, you know, you can conceptualize something like, let's say, let's say in order to listen to this podcast, uh, you need to like stake tokens, um, you know, and then maybe you'll receive like another token or something like that. So like new concepts are going to emerge that just don't make any sense at the protocol level. So someone may invent a concept called like stake to listen, right? Showtime or HBO may create a concept called like stake per view, where you need to like stake in order to, to view the content and you get new tokens. So like these things are going to start to emerge and it will be sort of, you know, like listening mining or, or watching mining, like you'll, it'll be a similar vibe, but it'll accomplish a different purpose. Staking is a beautiful thing to like, accomplish a, a means to an end right now and we're probably about to see it at the application layer in like a big way and um yeah we're, we're gonna kind of be a part of it all over the place but there will be many entrepreneurs that like take that in many directions mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah yeah I, I hear from you staking as a primitive coming on and a lot more models uh, that will come you mentioned something really interesting, which is kind of like tweeting out tokens, right? Or, I mean, presumably I could, uh, for example, do like a Twitch live stream or a YouTube live stream, or I could be like at my book signing and you can come up to me and, and get some tokens when I sign your book, for example, yeah. right? And it, all these needs to link uh, Web2 infrastructure or physical kind of like interactions with Web3. And traditionally that has been quite a challenge. And it, this is exactly what Roll is trying to solve, right? How does it work at the technical level how do you actually tie the the web3 platforms with your wallets or on on chain yeah so on the web3 side you know uh, we 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 mint tokens so we have like a minting factory contract uh we vest tokens which is now um you know customizable so you can invest tokens for you know a second or a day or 10 years it's completely up to you and so this is all on the smart contract level so it's you can kind of kind of read it there and those tokens are minted um, either directly to any wallet you want, a Gnosis Safe, MetaMask, Trust Wallet, whatever you want, or the Roll Wallet, which most people choose um, because they're kind of new to, to Web3 and they, you know, may not, you know, uh, use MetaMask too much. And, and that's fine. It's kind of like where we are. There's, a you know, billions of users on Web2 and kind of like, you know, maybe a few million uh, daily active on, you know, on Web3. Um, so the roll wallet is, you know, kind of, kind of like a Coinbase style custodial wallet. And so from there, you know, it's a simple sign on process and you could, from there, we've built APIs that allow other applications to kind of be used easily. So, um, roll and collab land work well together, for instance. So you can sort of use the roll wallet to, um, get into, uh, and any discord, 
um, you know, through through that token as well. And so similarly in that manner, um, role can start to really create new forms of utility that many, many people can understand um, at the Web2 level with social tokens. So on Twitch, there was a very popular bot they acquired it actually. And this was the this was the reason they created something called uh, channel currencies. Um, so there was a bot that some kid created called Revlo. It was genius. And so Revlo allowed you to set a certain amount of channel points um, that you can um, deploy to a stream. So if I'm watching your nine hour stream and I've been there for like all nine hours and like, you know, another kid just came in the last two minutes, he's going to get like a very small percentage of that pool. Um, but I'm going to get a very large percentage. It's almost like, you know, incentivizing us listening and engagement. And so, you know, we're, re we're really interested in that. And so we'll start to think about that with like social tokens. Um, but asking every one of those users to like have a MetaMask and like, you know, their own wallet and create it and understand what a seed phrase is would be really tough. Other than, you know, aside, you know, in, you know, instead of just kind of like making it rain tokens and just signing up really easy with a roll wallet. Um, so those are the types of things we're kind of about to do that are basic. And we've thought about for like over a year, we've just been building out the web three stuff, um, pushing the category forward. There was really nothing else besides roll in 2019 or 20. So just making sure this was a category and the timing was right. But 2022 is just going to be really fun. And so beyond that, there's obvious things that are like going to be super fun on the application side. So like, we're probably going to have a bunch of hackathons and just think about categories. Like what's the, what's the future of social tokens, chat and like spatial audio? Like how can social tokens interact with like clubhouse? How can social tokens interact with learning applications, things like Udemy, um, you know, or classes, how can social tokens interact with, you know, games and, and the metaverse and, uh, streaming. And so those are questions I think, um, you know, a lot of other entrepreneurs are going to try and, and solve, but we'll just kind of be the, the infrastructure for that. Mm, mm. Yeah. I just mentioned a whole bunch of stuff, right. From, uh, like the web to web three and then different categories coming up. sounds like there's, there's a lot happening, but I'd still like to kind of dive still into the, the kind of like bridging here because yeah i think as you mentioned the for example the twitch channel points those are very interesting or like tweeting it out and like i can imagine let's say you know if i were to map the channel points onto web3 into onto tokens like just to distribute these tokens or like if i want to distribute them over like every minute every microtransaction every time somebody comes in and views and kind of like accrues in the wallet like uh the gas fees would just be insane, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I presume either uh, we're going to have some sort of like off-chain uh, storage or accounting mechanism that you need to have that is a bit trust-dependent uh, on role itself and, and also the APIs with the Web2 platforms, or we need to do it uh, with like a, a very low gas environment and be able to map it like uh, constantly onto on-chain data. So what, what kind of, are you doing both, you know, which approach are you going for? Well, I mean, you could build, you could build the, you could build the ladder now. You just won't get like Ninja to use it. Right. Or like, you won't get like a lot of people to be like, okay, you know, now we need to hop on like this L2 and, you know, and it's super cheap, trust me, but you know, like not a lot of people are gonna, gonna do that. Um, and so one of two things would need to happen. Like all of those people would need to really get familiar with, you know, like ZK sync or, you know, or polygon or like whatever folks are using or a new type of web three streamer would develop. And so we're not really bullish on either of those things. We just want to come to where they are now. We think the next Twitch will probably be like later this decade. We're not going to wait like seven years for that to happen. We're just going to go to Twitch and, kind of kind of build a bot we're just going to go to twitter um people have been trying to take down twitter for like literally you know i think like 15 years now um so it's probably going to be around for a little longer and we're fine just being a part of the twitter stack um until something else comes along yeah 
Yeah, yeah. Like rather than replace Web two, we're kind of like harnessing Web two. And there's this uh, idea that you know the communities or the people are actually the underlying layer or the base layer for all of these Web two things, right? So if you have a way for the community to self organize and identify each other through the tokens, then like technically they can port onto any platform, and hence you don't need to disrupt the. You can you give the users and creators like the optionality to switch platforms、uh, depending on who is treating them well, right? How exploitative they might be,、uh, because now you you are able to self organize and through、mm. social tokens partly. Yeah, I mean, Roll got this far like truly from like being very contrarian、uh, to what、um, I'd say like the majority of Web two people think, but also like the way some of you know broader Web three may think. So like you could remember, you know, like twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen, like there were massive social platforms that were creating their own token. Um, and you know, and they thought this was the way. They thought this was the future. Every creator on my platform is going to use my token, the platform token, and we're gonna. That's how it's going to work, and they're going to engage and kind of do all these things. And you know, we really thought that was that was kind of silly. That 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 wouldn't be the reality. Everyone's going to want their own economy, and they want it this way. The last thing they're going to be interested in is this platform token, unless it somehow benefits. You know their token in the future, but it should be completely independent. And so, yeah, you know that's kind of、uh, we we, we kind of you know made made our made our name there.、Um, but yeah, we're still gonna think contrarian. Like if everyone's thinking, hey, like Web three is here right now, like Web three is ready for a billion users. Like we don't necessarily think that we're gonna still try and connect the dots until that's true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you started to talk a bit about the model for for role, right? Because,、uh, like you mentioned, we want to have you know a thousand Chinese saying is a thousand flowers bloom,、uh, and also not necessarily having your forcing everybody to use your own token. So let's let's talk about economics of role itself, right? I understand that、uh, firstly there's kind of pre-programmed template for people to issue, and we kind of enforce a ten million total supply. And two million is unlocked,、uh, and the rest is kind of like vested over three months. Would you like to just share, you know, why it, you have designed it in such a way? Yeah. So、um, when we created our V1 smart contracts in 2019, thinking about it in 2018, there was nothing to go on. There was no concept of a social token that 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 name didn't exist. I think there was one project. That was like messing around, but on that project you can create an infinite amount of tokens, and you couldn't like, act like so. So we really have to like standardize this, and so we just wanted a number that would be simple. You know, I don't think Twitter really chose 140 characters in in, in the beginning for any like specific reason, but it, it did represent like, you know, this this brevity. So this is a microblogging platform, and this is what you do, and so we wanted to represent this abundance but scarcity. And so having that amount of tokens really shows that okay, this can be some sort of, you know, wealth that I can create through this token.、Um, how do we think through that? And it's a number that can get people excited. You know, ten million of something valuable is an exciting thing.、Um, vesting.、Uh, you know, we just wanted to follow things that were happening at the protocol level, and hopefully, we could make them happen at the community level. Every project we respected at the time was vesting tokens, and you know we didn't want to do、uh, obviously like a, a Bitcoin style vesting period where you know it's、uh, you know fifty years or something.、Uh, we wanted to do something reasonable, and we thought it should be a standard. So you know it was it was three years initially, and what we learned from that is that the future of money is very similar to like.、Um, Kind of like the future of food. It's it's like it's like very fast casual. So people are gonna want whatever they want. You know, they they're not. They may want their tokens released over a week period. They may want you know this or that. And so it's our job to really start customizing that. And that's kind of what we're thinking through now. Like,、mm. how do we service a? How do we service a party that wants to create party tokens for an event and they don't want ten million? Maybe they only want like five hundred. Like, how do we start thinking through these things? And so, yeah, it's kind of like where we are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and so relating back to role, right? Like you mentioned before, some of the web 
uh, Web3 kind of like older generation platforms thought everybody will use their own token. Uh, but I mean, while that is not feasible uh, in a way, rules still needs to be sustainable as a platform and infrastructure, right? And so I understand that currently the business model is to take some percentage of all the tokens minted. Uh, and so how, how will these tokens be used or, or managed, right? How will then they be used for operation, to sustain operations as well and, and relate to the wider long-term like business model? Yeah, really good question. So um, Roll currently holds 1% of all tokens that are issued. Used to be a much larger number, and then you know we realized that as DeFi was was happening, it you know made a lot more it made a lot more sense for Roll to take as, as small of a number as possible. It also allows folks that build on top of Roll to increase that model. Um, so there's you know room for other platforms to charge a fee on top of that if folks want to issue through them, and we think that's that's pretty much the future. So when those tokens are minted, they're basically held in our wallets, and we're able to sort of now build this treasury, which is interesting, um, because as most protocols, you know, evolve, they, the end state, you know, you could, you, you could imagine as, as, as sort of a DAO and uh, the treasury then belongs to the DAO. And so that's very exciting uh, because we've never really seen that with tokens aside from the protocols token. Um, so role is, you know, pretty much eventually going to go to a, a DAO structure and we'll create something fairly new um, that we really haven't seen because we haven't seen a protocol decentralized that mints many tokens. So uh, what, what will eventually happen is, as you can imagine, you know, tokens that may go to uh, roll roll on the um, on the company level uh, will now go to um, you know a different entity. I'll say. So we're excited about where that's heading and um, the perpetuity of that and how community will function. You know, if you get um, someone really influential to issue on Roll, there's a whole group of people that can be a part of that success and have a vested interest in that success from day one. Um, so it's really exciting to see, yeah. Nice, nice. I, I hear you talking about the role kind of like DAO and talking about decentralizing role. And uh, I presume that must mean that the role tokens are on the horizon. <laughs> so is there <laughs> well, anything you can share about that already? Yeah, we're not in any rush to do it. People have wanted us to create a token since like, you know, late 2019. Um, but like, you know, realistically, uh, we just want every token on roll uh, to be as successful as possible. So there's a few features that we would want to happen uh, before roll just has a token. So um, so it, it's, uh, it's possible to have like deep liquidity in your token um but it's 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 still a little hard because there's no feature no one's really thought of the no one's really thought of the other side of staking so like each, each time we're on a platform that stakes we're there as an end user we're not really there as someone creating the staking opportunity and because none of those platforms have had the um has have had the circumstance where they're minting many 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 tokens and so that's role circumstance. So we need to think about the other side of staking and how that would look and come across. So, you know, um, creators can create staking opportunities uh, in, in their token. And so once we have these features out uh, and liquidity is kind of a breeze for folks, uh, we should be in pretty good shape. And then I think the next thing would be, yeah, thinking about the uh, decentralization of role. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's really exciting. It sounds like, eventually because you're taking so many tokens it's i can imagine it's kind of like uh if uniswap were to take some tokens from every single pool uh that existed on there right? and what kind of treasury would that be built right it would it would kind of be a Insane. creator collective of sorts it's like a, a creator index uh in a way uh, of everything that has been uh, ever issued on roll and then th those can be used as well right presumably one percent is a I mean, it's a significant number still, and I'm sure it'll be enough to um, use it for various utility purposes, right? Be it, uh, you know, actually consume content, attend events on any of these creators' platforms. So uh, I can see that being a perk of uh, part of the role DAO or even kind of like a, a, a freebie to give away for people to try out some of these creators, right? If the tokens are owned by role, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, the the... the the goal there is for role to really be a beta for the entire 
next creator economy, right? So optimistically, everything that has value in a social token landscape mints through role. This could literally mean there's a platform that hosts an incubator where, you know, it mints tokens, but like it, that platform that hosts the incubator that mints tokens is powered by role. And so like, we're thinking a lot about those models. So like it, it doesn't, it, it can be you know, way up the stack or an agency or something like that. Um, but the idea is you can use these features, you could plug way into web two, which also means like fintech web two too, like neobanks mm -hmm. and just different types of, of platforms like those as well, where, where these tokens can exist. You can plug web two fintech, web two social, um, web three proper. And um, just kind of just kind of go from there. So hopefully that value proposition um, helps role serve as a bit beta for the creator economy and everyone across those platforms. You know, when Lollapalooza mints a token, um, they can be a part of it and help it grow in a number of ways. Right? All of a sudden, Lollapalooza is on a neobank and it's on you know this card network and it's on um, you know this social platform and people are excited because they're already a part of the community because they're already a part of role. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Sounds like in terms of models, there's already a lot that you're thinking about. Uh, is there anything you'd be able to share that's maybe a little bit more concrete? Anything you'd like to, you know, drop hints at or or tease some announcements? Um no, I think that's like pretty much where where we're at. We're excited about um if you're excited about social tokens and you're getting into the space and you're a developer. Uh, we'd love to help you understand the space and, and what's going on. And um, we'd love to have you hack around on our APIs next year. Um, Roll's not going to try and be Web3 Clubhouse or Web3 Twitter or Web3 Twitch. Like, we want you to do that. And, you know, we'll probably invest in you or, or back you in some way there. Um, we're doing a bunch of hiring. So, you know, we're seeing this mass migration from Web2 into Web3. Um, so any back end or front end or designers or community managers, like, uh, you know, we're definitely hiring for all the above and excited to, uh, work with you guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we're excited to be part of the journey as well. So wrapping up, just want to ask some, a few fun questions, right? You know, what, what, what's your take on, you know, we had so many ideas, right? So what do you think it's gonna, where do you think it's gonna go uh, specifically one year from now, right? What are some predictions, right? What will be here? Uh, how will some say tokenomics and all evolve? What are some predictions in terms of numbers as well, right? Adoption or, or volume or even on roll? Yeah, so I'll do like one year and five years from now. All right. Um, so yeah, one year from now, you're gonna start to see uh, some very mainstream platforms use social tokens um in the same way i bet no one thought that this year you know if you were to rewind last year and you were to tell me that TikTok was gonna issue nfts i'd be like you're out of your mind that's insane <laughs> uh and so but here we are and so next year is going to blow your mind as well like web3 is going to continually blow your mind every year for the next like 10 years um so you're going to see some major platforms um start playing around with social tokens as well maybe major events um so the market's growing really crazily so we're starting to see um you know some serious volume on rolls we're getting trading volume like one to three million a day um you know um uh, we're seeing markets in like the quarter billion range which, which is which is really great these things are tiny i always like to um tell folks like at the beginning of the year like in January, um, Dap Radar said that Roll was uh, like the highest volume social app. And so, nice. you know, it was really interesting to see. And then this massive NFT boom came out. And so um, I think you'll start to see like the rise of social tokens again. Uh, once a lot of these DeFi features come out and, um, you know, you start to see a lot more issues, those numbers will grow. Um, five years from now, like, you're going to see uh, most major platforms uh, and fintechs will need to integrate social tokens um, because um, 
social tokens affect the economics of creators, which affects like the overall economics of the internet. So if the top 50,000 creators online have their own currency and you want your platform to still be around, whether that's a metaverse or, you know, a fintech or a platform, like you, you'll have to adapt to that reality. Um, it would be as foolish as like not having e-commerce, right? Um, and so like, like not being able to spend money on a website. And so who's the most valuable player there in that e-commerce world? It's Stripe. You know, you can use Stripe and do this really easily. Um, so we want Rule to have that uh, positioning as well. You'll probably see the market start to eclipse the uh, social tokens, start to eclipse the GDP of um, major cities. So, you know, I'm in New York. I like to think the GDP of New York is around two and a half trillion. And so you'll literally start to see categories like, you know, social tokens eclipse that. And that's something that we hope to do at Roll, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Prediction: Will we see a Bradley token as well, <laughs> or why haven't we seen one yet? <laughs> yeah, so that, that's a really good question. Um, I'm fascinated by this category, like I, the same way as fascinated, like you know, a few years ago by like YouTube creating a donate button. I'm fascinated by like every career that issues on Roll. I don't have as much time anymore, but I used to when a streamer issued on Roll, I just used to hang out in their stream, and I would see crazy things like someone would donate. They'd stop the stream and just be, you know, start like, you know, typing in their name and, and like bringing up the roll app and like giving them tokens live. And I was like, oh my God, that's my app. And it's like on their stream. And so all this cool stuff is happening. Um, and so just helping the company get there, like as a CEO, just being the, the chief cheerleader is like where I am now. But like, I'm pretty interested in things that are going on. Um, and ways to get involved. I'll say this, like social tokens are going to wrap around um, community product ideas. So mm. like something like a podcast or a blog um, or um, even like a think tank or a nonprofit, like any of these community concepts that people have like they'll begin to get tokenized and um yeah i'm looking at you know maybe one of those um so maybe just having it around a product that's around a community um more so than like um like like me so i may start something i may not maybe it's a book or uh and like it'll have you know a token aspect to it probably in the next year or so yeah, so you just picked up something interesting, which is the idea of uh, even nonprofits, right? Because I think everything we've talked about so far relies on some form of revenue creation, right? If because you need product, a service, uh, uh, or brand even, and then like these are making money, and that's how the value is kind of like captured. It's how it's sustainable. But how would social tokens actually work for? non-profits right why would people want those tokens what can they then use it for yeah so it may change the idea of what a non-profit is uh because a non-profit uh means that the entity that's created uh the purpose of it isn't to take in revenue um but that doesn't mean that a non-profit that creates a token can't have a, a network uh, that has extraordinarily that has extraordinarily value. Um, so, like Red Cross has created an extraordinary amount of value for society. Um, excuse me if that's not a nonprofit, but you know you, you could you could imagine. Let's say it is. I don't know their their legal status, but you know, let's say it is a nonprofit. Um, you know, if if there was a Red Cross. Uh, social token and it was done correctly integrates with DeFi. other people can utilize the token across web 2 networks and web 3 that starts to be really interesting um in the same way that you know um like 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 the 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 mechanics of like a non-profit social token would be very interesting you know people donate to nonprofits, but people may go out of their way to provide utility in that token, maybe as a way to like to, to donate because it's giving the protocol itself more value. So like, you know, 
um, Visa may give $100,000 to the, you know, Red Cross, but they could also like, you know, list the Red Cross social token as a way to uh, integrate into like 10,000 stores. Um, and so like, and like this, none of this has happened yet, um, hmm. but these things are inevitable. Yeah. So it, it, it's going to be interesting to, to, to play out. But nonprofits, of course, will, will issue tokens when the time's right. Yeah, this really opens up a whole world of possibility, right? Because right now, uh, let's say a charitable organization and you make some donations right? in order to survive, either you need to donate to the organization itself uh, or they need to take a cut from the charities in order to sustain their, their people and, and entire uh, operations, right? But now, instead, they could be giving out the social tokens, you know, even to incentivize donations and also to people who volunteer, uh, people who contribute, and that either like reduces or eliminates the amount that they have to take uh, because the social token can function as sort of like money. Uh, if let's say I'm a, I'm, I'm a website hosting and accept social tokens, right? Or, or I'm renting out a venue and accept uh, your nonprofit social token as payment, essentially that works as, as your money. Uh, and people can give to give back to it in whatever form that they wish, right? So that's that's really interesting, and just expanding on the idea of nonprofits, uh, that doesn't have to only be charitable organizations, right? It could apply to public goods infrastructure as well, because I think that's an idea that uh, people have been struggling with, right? Let's say you have something like you know just just theoretically like a MetaMask. And, you know, maybe it doesn't make sense for a MetaMask to ever charge for people to use their wallet. But people like the, the brand, people like the community, let's say they want to form a community around it. Could there be a case to be made for, say, a, a public goods type of social token for uh, public goods, uh, even like Web3 tools or uh, anything that is like a social good? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think um, things like that will never really happen. And, you know, most people think of um protocols as public goods kind of kind of at the end of the day like you know uniswap as a public good or um things like that so i, I think that's sort of the goal um there's a whole host of issues something we're like running across which is um we we think we have a pretty big responsibility to guide this category the way uber guided ride sharing or airbnb guided hosting and so the best way to do that is to kind of permission who can access the network. Like if, if Uber was to like, yeah, anyone can drive a car, you, can, you know, be part of the Uber network. Like, you know, that, that'd be crazy. Anyone can get behind the wheel or, you know, Airbnb is like, hey, yeah, anyone can like, you know, uh, ha ha have this house up there. So, you know, right now at the MVP level, um, you know, the role as a company is deciding who can issue. Eventually, of course, the DAO is going to make all decisions at the protocol level and, you know, they could delegate to us or they can make those decisions. But um, there's even more complicated decisions. Like, you know, um, we're starting to get people that, you know, um, uh, are maybe deeply political that want to have their currency or have views that are like diametrically opposed to, you know, the views of us as founders or different things like this. And so uh, there's lots of really interesting things that are going to happen you may see religions issue tokens, right? New micro religions may form, and uh, or new new political movements. And so, you know, we're starting to like talk to those people and like encounter them, and they're kind of like Twitter level problems. It's that idea where it's like, you know, you're Jack and you're just you're creating this internal messaging service, and all of a yeah. sudden, ten years later, you're affecting global politics. Um, so it's like, wh what would happen if? those political movements have their own currency and they had $40 million in liquidity. Uh, is that good or bad for society? And, and the answer is we, we just don't know that that hasn't happened yet. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. If we're talking about the scale of like global religions and political leaders, that's wow. Okay. I guess we'll, we'll cross that bridge when, when we get there, right? The implications are too huge. Yeah. It's scary to even. The other thing someone brought up, yeah, the, the other thing someone brought up was like, uh, you know, like cancel culture, like like what happens when everyone has a token and can be canceled? Like what's the Web3 equivalent? Is that, you know, shorting someone's token or? Yes, you know, yes. Cancel culture is kind of shorting someone if you think about it. It's like society shorting you. Um, 
but uh yeah if everyone has liquidity in that sense it could be really you know really really interesting yeah maybe if we could just end on that right which is uh some challenges and uh, honest look at you know where we are and and what we could face right not just the good stuff but also i think things like shorting and i think right now in web3 even there are a lot of people who are hunting for all sorts of like perks so like civil attacking you know these airdrops uh or kind of like over speculating and and that leads to some sort of like bubble for a social token shorting like you mentioned uh what what are some of these challenges and how would we address them yeah um i i i think our job is really just to um introduce the infrastructure um you know for the space uh at large like this decade you know we see hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of social platforms social token platforms forming just like you've seen nfts in the past year um and so they'll have a whole host of issues because we don't really want to make decisions at the consumer level um we'll just kind of provide that infrastructure but yeah i, I think they'll have to either take a note from how web two folks are dealing with that sort of thing or form a new you know way to think about it which will probably be a DAO, right there'll probably be some DAO committee that will say like yeah this is a hundred percent egregious and like we should kick this person off the platform mm. or people are like hey you know we this person should stay and you know we should allow this yeah i guess one thing that uh, social tokens have uh, which is an advantage over DeFi protocols could be that uh, because there's a community around it, it's about community first. And so community is law even uh, rather than code is law often for, for DeFi protocols, right? So if there was a hack, if there was some sort of like DDoS attack, civil attack, people flood into like just take all the tokens or something, uh, the core community can still uh, fork it away and recreate a new social token map to some sort of like snapshot or same ownership. And it sounds to me uh, more digestible, more palatable uh, compared to a DeFi protocol doing that because it's it's about the people, right? Would you would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, totally. If, if, if we're in a group of like beauty YouTubers and, um, you know, this this guy comes in and he's just like playing video games all the time or, or just talking about sports, like... And there's like no feasible way to, you know, have him leave this Web3 community. Yeah, that that beauty, that beauty community DAO may kind of vote to vote to eject him or do that. And you, yeah, you'll see a lot more agile things happen at sort of the Web3 community level that like probably aren't feasible at the, you know, uh, protocol level. Yeah, well, I guess we will see then. We will see, right? I think the, the core message is we're so early uh, in the social token space and everybody's excited for it to take off. And thanks for all your predictions, explanations, and your time today, Bradley. Is there anything you'd like to leave the audience with? Any final messages, maybe like a, a shout out or like some advice to creators out there? What would you like to say? Yeah, if you're interested in uh, learning more about Roll, you can go to trial.com. Uh, you'll see a little thing in the corner um, to create your own social token. You can, you know, you can, you can do that there. And uh, yeah, we're doing a whole bunch of hiring. So uh, if you're uh, an engineer uh, or designer or have just been fascinated with the space on a community level, we'd love to work with you. Oh, and just, just email me at Bradley at tryroll.com or uh, catch me on Twitter. Just send me a note at um, Bradley underscore and miles underscore. Awesome. Thank you so much again for your time, Bradley. It's a pleasure to speak with you. Thanks so much, Shi. Have a good rest of your day. You too. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.